Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is October 3rd, and our reading comes from Philippians chapter 4. Beginning in verse 4, Paul says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. Remember, that's what the whole theme of the book of Philippians is all about, is the joy of the Lord. That comes from understanding the good news, understanding who God is and all that he's done for us. He says, rejoice in the Lord. He says, I say it again, rejoice. Our life should be full of joy, even in the face of difficult circumstances. I mean, here in America, the truth is most of us will never experience anything like what the first century Christians, what Paul was experiencing. And yet in the midst of their difficulty, in the midst of their struggle, in the midst of their trials, Paul's saying, let's rejoice in the Lord. In other words, our hope is not in our circumstances getting fixed. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in what is temporary. It's in what is eternal. And because our hope rest in what is eternal, in the person, in the work of Christ, we can rejoice in every circumstance. Verse 5, let everyone see you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Because all of this is temporary and because God has been so good to us, man, let's be considerate to everyone. It's a powerful witness. Then he begins talking to us about prayer. Verse 6, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. In other words, let's trust God with our circumstances and our future and everything in our life that we would be tempted to be worried and stressed out, anxious over. Man, let's give those things to God and trust. He's our father and he's good, and he knows what's best, and we can trust him. So let's give it to him. But when we do, let's do it from a place of gratitude. Let's do it recognizing all that God has already done for us. Sometimes, sometimes if we're not careful, we can be so focused on what we don't have that we fail to be grateful and to acknowledge all that we do have. Let's all keep in mind, God has been so good to us. He has been infinitely better to us than what we deserve. So in everything, let's come to him in prayer. Let's ask him to help, but let's do it from a place of gratitude, recognizing he's already done more than we deserve. He says, when we do that, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. So when we learn to trust God with our circumstances, then it begins to give us peace. If we trust ourselves with our circumstances, then it steals our peace. Because when I'm trusting in myself, then that means on the front side, I'm striving to get all of my circumstances in order. And then on the back side, I'm kind of worried that they might get out of order, that something might mess it up, that I might lose what I have. But if I'm trusting God, if I'm giving it to God from a place of gratitude and trusting Him, now I have peace because it's not up to me. It's up to God. 
Verse 8, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. I love that. We've got to fix our thoughts. Listen to these words on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things. It's so easy for us to be thinking about things that would not fall into those categories, right? In our mind, remember, the battlefield is in the mind. As a man thinketh, so is he. So we've got to make sure that we fix our thoughts on what is good, pure, holy, admirable, all this stuff that is good and nourishes our soul because it has a tremendous impact on the life that we live. Verse 10, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have a chance to help. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you've done well to share with me in my present difficulty. You know, what a great verse, right? Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And sometimes we hear people quoting that verse as a, at an athletic competition as if you know, God's empowering us to, to win the football game, which is a little silly. The context here is Paul saying, I have learned in my suffering, in my difficulty, I've learned to be content with nothing. I've, I've learned to be content with everything. Why? Because my contentment comes from understanding that I am always rich in Christ, regardless of my circumstances. So when I understand I'm rich in Christ and my hope, my identity, my future is there, my security is there, then, you know, the things that are happening around me, they don't really shake me. And I just love that. He says, I'm content. And because that's true, Christ will give me the strength to do everything that he's called me to do. And I think that's the thing you need to remember. That's how we apply the verse. Christ will give me the strength to love people that are hard to love to serve people that are hard to serve, to forgive people that are hard to forgive. God will give me the strength to live in purity, even though that's difficult in a immoral culture. God will give me the strength to live generously, even though it's hard to, to live generously in a materialistic culture, right? God will give me the strength to live considering others rather than only thinking about myself in a culture that's constantly pushing us to only consider ourselves, right? God will give you the strength to do everything that he's called and invited you to do. In fact, let me say this, God will never ask you to do what he won't empower you to do. And so everything in the Bible that God has asked us to do, he will give us the strength to do. Watch this, verse 15. And you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help. And when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on to Macedonia, no other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent financial help. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, 
I want you to receive a reward for your kindness, your generosity to me. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you already sent through Ephroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Watch. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, I love this because, again, this verse is one of those verses everybody quotes, that my God will supply all my needs. Well, the context here is when we're generous, when we're giving, when we're supporting the work of ministry and taking the gospel to other places, which is what Paul is describing there, This the Philippian church was generously supporting Paul's ministry and empowering him to take the gospel to these other parts of the Roman Empire. And Paul says, when you continue to live generously, you can trust God to supply your need. Because you're supplying my need, God will supply your need. And the same thing is true for us. When we live generously, God takes care of our needs. Man, what an encouraging word, right? And when we live that way, we get to see God working supernaturally in our lives. I hope this passage encourages you today. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much. What an encouraging word today. I pray that you'd fill every person listening. Fill them with joy today. God, help us to be overwhelmed by all that you have done for us, all that you've promised, all that it means. God, fill our hearts. Let us rejoice in the Lord today. God, I pray that we wouldn't be anxious or worried about anything, but we trust you that we'd offer it to you and that your peace would guard our hearts, that we'd be able to rest, that we'd have peace knowing that you are good, that you're our Father, you are for us, and you know what's best, and we can trust you. God, I pray that you'd help us all to be content. Lord, we live in a culture that's so materialistic and always pressing us to want more. And God, I pray that you would help us to, to live with contentment to live with generosity, to live with margin and to find life in that. And God, when we're generous, God, I thank you that you've promised to meet all of our needs. You'll take care of us. God, you've promised we can do all things. God, we can love, we can serve, we can forgive, we can give. We can do all these hard things because you have promised to give us the strength to do everything you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me today. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.